I have some extremely harsh criticism for something that President Trump said over the course of the past couple of days in his gun control position. He also loves tariffs. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Plus some of the top trending news, Twitter feeds, and this Dunkin' Donuts coffee that I'm drinking. All this and a little more is coming up. So get ready and tighten your seatbelts. What is up, my people? How are you guys doing? It is Friday. Friday, March 2nd. March! It's 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 March! It snuck up on me. I've been forcing it in my head because for some reason in my head, it's still February. But really, it's March! It's March. It's already March. Didn't it feel like yesterday, like we just did the ball dropped and it was 2018 and now it's March. It's March already. Pretty soon it'll be April, and then May, and then, you know, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and then it'll be 2019. It'll be a whole another crazy year in the book, as they say. I'm kicking off today with uh, my wife, thankfully, because she's a loving person and an individual. Bought me this Dunkin' Donuts coffee with this the, the new Girl Scout cookie flavoring. This one is um, the, the peanut butter one. It's quite delicious. She bought it for me yesterday, iced coffee without the ice, and stuck it in the fridge, and I'm drinking it now, and it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty good, pretty good. Not not the best coffee I've had, for sure, but it's um pretty good, pretty good. Um, what's the peanut butter Girl Scout cookie? It's not Tagalongs. Tagalongs. If this was Tagalong, it would be killer. There'd be no contest, no argument. We wouldn't even have a debate about it. Uh, we would just say go out and buy it. But it's not tag along. It's do dosy dough, maybe. Yep, it's dosy dough peanut butter sandwich. Mmm, tasty, tasty. And and in looking on the Girl Scout page, for some reason, there's other fla- flavors that I didn't even know. I didn't even know that they had. They have lemonades. They have shortbread. Although nobody really likes shortbread cookies. Tagalongs, I mean, are the quintessential, in my book at least anyway, the quintessential Girl Scout cookie. And if you if you think otherwise, you're wrong. You are just so wrong on that. Thin mints? Come on. Thin mints? Ew. Ugh. My wife likes the Samoas, but she's a caramel lover lover. So that, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. They also have Girl Scout s'mores. Like, what the hell? What the hell? I don't know. It's Girl Scout cookie season. Go out and get your Girl Scout cookies. You can get them at Dunkin' Donuts if you live on the East Coast or the Eastern side of the United States because I don't believe they're on the West Coast, which kind of uh, kind of makes America runs on Dunkin' a lie, doesn't it? Big old lie. Fake news. You fake news, Duncan. So, you know, today, 
I had to drop uh, had to drop a cat off to get spayed, and uh, that means I had to leave the house. And th- this week has been a busy week for me. All right, I know I say that every week, and it gets a little tiring, probably. God no, God knows I'm tired. God knows I can't stand it anymore. It is pouring down rain. It's windy. the The northeastern coast of the United States is getting pretty much a nor'easter, and since we're down here in Delaware, it's mild weather. So it's just rain and wind and blah. Like the yard, the backyard is a is is a goddamn pond. And the dogs don't want to go out uh, to do their business. And I'm trying to tear up flooring in in the one bedroom so I can put down brand new flooring. And everything is just crashing down all at once. See, this, this past week, let's see, I went to work on Sunday after we went shopping. And did our meal prep planning and all that. We did. We actually did two weeks. We usually do just a week and we were like, oh, God, doing this every week sucks. Can we can we can we meal plan for two weeks? So we tried this two week thing. I have I, I have a week's worth of meals that was done up on Sunday and we ate them, you know, throughout the course of this week. And this weekend we'll have to make next week's courses of meals and we'll see how that goes. We I mean, we'll, we'll it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. But uh, so that was Sunday. Monday, I worked a double for free I worked an extra 8 hours for free because it was a shift trade with somebody Tuesday I had off and Tuesday I actually went to I went to a job fair by Delaware Sports Entertainment which was hosted by the Delaware 87ers that's the NBA G League team of the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, so that was at the Bob Carpenter Center at the University of Delaware and that was actually very very interesting I had never Ever, ever been to a job fair before. Let me explain to you, if this is your first time listening to me or my first time explaining it, let me just tell you what my working career breakdown has been. In 2007, uh, which was my senior year in high school, I got a job at a place called Cokesbury Village with, at the time it was PUMH, Peninsula, Peninsula United Methodist Homes, a retirement community for... Uh, Retiring people, a.k.a. old people, okay? So, uh, Dining Services worked there as a server, started my senior year in high school, doing like, you know, a couple nights a week, you know, like maybe three or whatever, and, you know, earning enough that this this was me learning how to be an adult, kind of. Uh, You know, needed a car, so I obtained a car. I'm not going to go into details how I obtained a car. All right, somebody might have had to die for me to obtain a car. And no, I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> somebody, family friend, had a, somebody who passed, and she had this car that she had nothing to do with. She didn't really want to sell it. Um, saw it as a tax write-off benefit. Gave it to the family who gave it to me. All right, so that's how I got the car. I didn't have to kill anybody. That story became boring. I'm sorry. Got a car. Had to learn, you know, oh, hey, you have insurance now. You have a cell phone. You need to gas up your car. Those are all things that you can pay for young man, so go get a job. Allie, and by the way, keep your grades up too. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, no, no, I, I do. I love my mother. She just took a trip out to Arizona to be out with my sister's family out in Arizona. So I hope you're having a wonderful time out in 
probably beautiful, sunny Arizona while it's pouring its ass off here. Anyway, so I got that job, and as soon as I graduated high school, I pretty much got in contact with, uh, you know, my manager, my boss, whatever, and said, you know, hey, I graduated high school, I'm willing to go on full-time status, and they bumped me up to full-time, no questions asked, and I started pulling, you know, your, your typical just, you know, five days a week, eight hours, um, sometimes 12 hours, depending on, you know, depending on the day it was... It was there. The potential for overtime was there. And so I was working. And I just went. I just worked. I dodged school. I dodged going to college for, for a really long time uh, while I was working there. And But I sat around. I worked my way up. I, I went from minimum wage employee to, you know, probably in the 8 or $9 range. Uh, not bad for a young man, right? Just out of high school. Has nothing else to do. Uh, took promotional opportunities while I was there too. Met my wife there. Started met met my wife. Started dating her there, and um, I worked there for five years, five full years working there, and kind of reached like the ceiling. Kind of reached the peak of where I was going to be without a degree, and that was only in the like ten dollar earnings range. Yeah, like $10 or something an hour maybe. And I was a store clerk. I ended up as a store clerk. That was a, They had a very small convenience store there. It was a one-man gig. And I did that. So I it was like I was a manager almost. I had to uh, order inventory. I had to do bi-monthly inventory checks. I had to unpack orders, stock my shelves, cook my food, and run the cash... POS terminal. And uh, I had to do all that as a one-man gig. And I did. And I was just... I was sitting there and I was like, I need to get into something that's actually going to make me money. Like, this isn't going to make me money. And this isn't going to get me anywhere in life. Uh, the, the glass ceiling's already been reached. Or there's a... I don't even know about the glass ceiling. I, I, I don't even... I, I'm going to stop talking about that. Because it's just going to make me seem stupid. Um... So five years there, my mom suggested, oh, lovely, darling mother, really. She suggested, hey, you know, the Department of Correction is always hiring people. You know, just, you know, maybe, I, I'm not saying you should, but maybe you should look at it, put put an app in there, and just see what happens. And so I was like, eh, okay, okay. So I put in an app with the Department of Correction. Um, at that time, they would hire... A, a, Anybody. If you breathed, then you were probably a good candidate for the job. And did my interview. It was like a year-long process. So the entire last year of my working at Cokesbury Village was literally having put in an app. I had forgot about it. Like, I put in the app. I forgot about the job opportunity entirely. Then I got called. My file got updated. I got interviews, and then I was in. And I went through the nine-week training academy. Boom, bip. And for the past six years now, I've been in the Department of Correction. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I've advanced in the Department of Correction. I haven't stayed an officer. I'm a sergeant now, you know. L you know, constantly seeking opportunities to promote up to lieutenant and other opportunities within the department. But I figured I'm a media guy. I'm a communications guy. I, I've earned my bachelor's while working with the Department of Corrections, with no help from them, 
Okay? No help from them. I did it the good old-fashioned way and drove myself into debt to get my bachelor's in communications. Which wasn't exactly smart. If I haven't talked about that before. It probably wasn't smart because I was working... Working this job, which is stressful, and attending Colorado State University in their online division program, which, you know, required a lot of attention, a lot of paper writing, and a lot of research, so stress, so it was stress on top of stress, and it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts, and it got me to where I am today. So, I figured... Why not just go to the job fair? You know, never been to a job fair. Obviously, I've gotten my jobs from filling out apps and and just getting hired. So uh, I attended this job fair. There was multiple organizations there, including uh, the Philadelphia Soul, the Delaware 87ers, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Philadelphia Union, and a, a couple other ones too that I don't exactly remember. But I got to talk to the the people that go to these recruiting things, and it was interesting. Um, I would say I took more out of it just talking to people than dropping my apps off at at various organizations, which I did. I did do that, but the fact that I got to talk to people and they got to tell me some ins and outs of the stuff, it was good information. It got my face out there, and one of the guys that I talked to said, hey, this is exactly what you want to do. He says, just go to job fairs of anything that interests you. Go there, talk to as many people as you can. Spice up and, and spruce up your resumes, get some business cards, put put a name, put a face to the name, and shake hands and just talk. And he goes, you'll never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And, and so that's just, I guess it's a new approach in life where now I'm skimming things like career fairs and other opportunities just because I know, I'm smart enough to know that nothing's going to fall in my lap. Nothing will ever fall in your lap. If you're one of those people sitting out there waiting for a million dollars to just poof in your bank account, I hate to tell you that it's not going to happen. It's it's just not going to happen unless you're playing and buying a lottery ticket every single week and you happen to be the lucky number that gets drawn. All right, That's the only way that a million or more dollars is going to poof in your bank account. Finding the job that you love, finding the thing that you really love to do, isn't going to just pop out of nowhere. It isn't going to be you wake up one morning and have some divine revelation of, I know exactly what I want to do with my life. I know exactly what I need to do. I'm going to do it. It's not going to be hard. No, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very frustrating. And it's going to be, that's, it's life is what it is. All right, what do you think what do you think me doing these podcasts and talking about politics and running a blog and and running my Twitter account all is? It's it's my deep-seated love of politics and figuring out people's ways of thinking and trying to trying to inspire and instill values into people and all that and you know, I mean, you know, if you think this isn't frustrating, I mean, this is something that I love doing. If you think it's not frustrating though, and it's not hard though, it is. And it's not instantaneous success because it's the internet. It's the internet. Everybody's on the internet. Everybody can start a social media account. Everybody can talk. And guess what? My opinions, my opinions aren't that popular. Can you believe that? Aren't that popular. All right, one of the hardest things for people to do is to actually 
stick to their convictions, especially depending on the wave of popularity of what everybody else thinks. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a little bit too. But I've been rambling so much. I wanted to say I wanted to play something that Donald Trump said this past week uh, over to the gun control debate. I mean, I, every uh, three weeks now or four weeks now, however long it's been, and the main focus is still about how these these as I quote a CNN report when they were demonstrating what an AR-15 sounds like. They had an AR-15 and the reporter was shooting it, and this is one of. The, <laughs> The reporter was shooting an AR-15. I know I'm I'm sidebarring again. But he has the AR-15. They're at a shooting range. He starts shooting it, okay? AR-15. Semi-automatic. Can we define semi-automatic real quick? Semi-automatic means that I have a gun. I have a magazine loaded into it. And semi-automatic means every time I pull the trigger, it will release one bullet. It will fire off one bullet. That's an AR-15. It will only release one bullet per trigger squeeze. All right? My Glock, my Glock handgun, which is a 40 caliber handgun, does the same thing. All right? I, I load a 15-round magazine into the, the handgun. All right? I... Make it hot. As I say, I rack one into the chamber. It's hot. Every time I pull the trigger, one bullet will fire. That's semi-auto, and this is by the way, that's the only that's the only rate that an AR fifteen can fire at. It's the only rate that a handgun can fire at. Okay. This guy did that in this video on CNN. He he trigger pulls, you know, boom, 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 boom. He referred to it as single fire. Then he said, let me show you what this does on full semi-automatic and just squeeze the trigger faster each time to make it scary, to make it scary. Like, oh, there's more bullets coming out now at a faster rate, but it's the person working the gun doing it. It's not the gun. It's not like he pulled the trigger down and the entire magazine fed and and fired. Which is, by the way, what they call a fully automatic weapon, not a semi-automatic. And it's things like that that make this gun debate thing get lost uh, in the in in the sauce, get lost in the fray. Um. Because I see something like that, and that is just straight-up fear-mongering news media playing on people who don't know any better about guns. I mean, literally, it's irresponsible of CNN or any news agency to do something like that using terminology that's fake. Full semi-automatic? What the hell is full semi-automatic? What the hell is that? But, you know, th- those things, I get that, that the media is going to do that, and uh, it's not acceptable. I don't know, I don't accept it, and it's not, it, it, it doesn't justify it. But what upsets me more is comments from Donald Trump, like, 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 like these ones. Here's some snippets from a, a meeting on the Second Amendment and guns that he had with lawmakers. It doesn't make sense that I have to wait till I'm 21 to get a handgun, but I can get this weapon at 18. I don't know. 
Some of you people are petrified of the NRA. You can't be petrified. Take the firearms first and then go to court. I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Uh, what? One more time. But take the guns first, go through due process second. Go through due process second. How, how, how is it that I can hear Trump supporters? I mean, the really diehard MAGA crowd not overly criticizing the man for it. I mean, I, I respect to where it's due. People are calling him out on it, but more so than not. More so than not, it, people have been rather silent on let due process come second. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Due process. Due process. You know, that's a 5th and 14th Amendment right. Due process. But what? Oh, that it's that pesky due process getting in the way of things. It's that pesky constitution getting in the way of things. These these people in their in their in their in their rights. What the hell? I it, it's maddening. <laughs> it's truly maddening that you that the President Trump, the guy that's gonna drain the swamp and make America great again. What's he saying? Hey, take the guns first, due process second. Don't worry about the due process bit until after you get the gun from him. And you know what? Trump isn't the first person that ever said that about due process. The last time we talked about somebody slamming due process was Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia back in June of 2016. It was Joe Manchin, Democrat, West Virginia, who had said in regards to the Pulse Club shooter that the FBI, who only talked to that guy twice, all right, whereas in the case of this shooting from Parkland, the school shooting, that guy had some something towards 39 points of police contact or tips or interactions, plus they knew that the kid held up people at gunpoint before, plus a whole other laundry list of stuff for that kid. But Joe Manchin, back in 2016, said, and I quote, but due process is what's killing us right now, end quote. And now you have the President of the United States saying, due process can come second, don't worry about it. Excuse me? Excuse me. Due process is something that we all need to care about. And we shouldn't take statements about it coming second lightly ever. 
Due process ensures that you will have the ability to keep your rights. Until you are proven. Due process is what's killing us, and due process can come second. That that is that is scary sentiments. Whether you're scared of guns or not. And I can understand that some people who don't know anything about guns probably are scared of guns. And 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 something I heard Glenn Beck say earlier this week, I think just yesterday, in fact, that having a dose of of fear of guns, like a healthy dose of like respect because it's a weapon and it can kill people, is something. The way the the media and the way the subject's being talked about right now is more just this this mass hysteria of how bad are guns? Guns are, are, are a horrific, terrible thing that cause mass shootings. And it's not what causes mass shootings. Guns aren't what cause mass shooting. It's the people who don't mind killing that cause mass shootings. Yes, they their their mode of choice is a gun. And I get that. But that's a different debate. One 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 guy I will I'm gonna play this little clip from Tucker Carlson on it because Tucker Carlson Carlson at least. Glenn Beck I can pull out he said a lot against Trump. A lot of people would say, Oh, he's anti Trump. Well, I mean is it really that hard sometimes? I mean, th- this past this past comment, you can't defend Trump on that. And Trumpies are going to say the same things that they always say. Ah, oh, it's just rhetoric. Ah, oh, he's just saying it. Ah, oh, he's just blowing out of proportion. He's just trying to appease those people out there. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He didn't mean it. He just said it because he needs those people to listen to him. So he said it. Well, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Listen to Tucker Carlson real quick. At one point, the president said the government should, quote, take the guns first, go through due process second. Now, I mean, how honest do you want to be? Imagine if Barack Obama had said that. Just ignore due process and start confiscating guns. Well, Obama would have been denounced as a dictator. We would have denounced him first, trust me. Congress would be talking impeachment right now. Someone would be muttering about secession. Well, the media agreed with what the president said yesterday, so they've underplayed it, or they presented it as just a little battle between the president and the NRA. But it's not about the NRA. It's not even about the president. It's about the Constitution. And the Constitution remains the same no matter who's in power. That's the point of the Constitution. The Second Amendment protects your rights to bear arms. It doesn't say that obliquely or metaphorically. It says it explicitly. And the Supreme Court several times has interpreted it that way, explicitly protecting your rights to bear arms. You can't lose that right or any other right, the right to worship freely, the right to say what you want without due process period. Those rights are what make us citizens and not mere subjects of the powerful. And the president needs to be reminded of that. Maybe we all do once in a while. Very well stated by uh, by Tucker, who I don't rely on too often, because too often do I come across something from Tucker Carlson and go, oh boy, here we go. But that, that type of, this is where I really hate politics in discussion with the masses, because there's a whole slew of Trump MAGA guys who will try to defend it or write it off. Whereas, if it happened under President Obama, for example, 
Tucker Carlson's right. We'd all be going, we, every conservative would be going nuts. Every conservative would be going nuts. It's the same way that, you know, the spending under Obama. Oh, trillions of dollars of spending. Well, when the Republicans pass an additional trillion on top of that with their tax plan, with their tax cut plan, but it increases spending by a trillion dollars, doesn't cut spending whatsoever. What are all the conservatives doing? Well, you know, you got Mitch McConnell up there. Well, now's the time to champion, you know, we're going to pass through this legislation. I, I hope I don't. Is that, is that a good Mitch McConnell? I have no idea. But the whole point is that you can't have you can't have this 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 okay attitude when your guys in power over it and then when the other side's in power over it and doing it you, you you can't get up in arms and this is exactly what's going on conservatives don't mind about the spending right now you have some principled guys like Rand Paul, Justin Amash, Thomas Massey to name a few who would say uh, Mike Lee's another one who would say hey we said cut spending and cut taxes like you can't cut taxes and not cut spending so you have that argument got to cut spending they are critics of Donald Trump and critics of the current setting but they were also critics and stayed critics under Obama and they would stay critics under the next president for sure you have a few principled people standing up and saying that on the flip side, Donald Trump passes through an executive order, uh, passes through something else, and you have a lot of Democratic, uh, liberal, and or progressive-minded people saying, like, this is this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be allowed, but they were perfectly fine any time Obama did it, as long as they liked the legislation. This is the this is that game of absolutes that I'm talking about. That that pops up every once in a while. This 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 divide of I'm okay when it's my people in power and it's something that I like. When it's something I don't like, I don't like the fact that people can just kind of snap their fingers and make it happen. We should never be okay with that. We should never be okay with that. We should never be okay with Joe Manchin, Donald Trump, or any other politician talking about due process being able to be kicked to the curb. Just just shouldn't be. We uh, we should we should. Staunch, all of us, should staunchly be defending something like due process. You should never hear something like that out of a politician's mouth. And if you do hear it out of a politician's mouth, it should be their ass. That should be the thing that hangs their ass out to dry. Because you can't do, you can't have it both ways. You can't be... Ah, you know what? Due process is great, but in the terms of guns, guns get the guns first and then do 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 processes. No, that's not how it works. It's not how the system's supposed to work. And you can't say due process is what's killing us, and as if to suggest that due process is negotiable. And this goes back to the article I wrote on the Constitution a mere couple weeks ago where your rights don't come from the government, because if the rights come from the government, that means that the government can take them away. And it does mean that we can debate about the rights. And we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Certain unalienable rights. These are rights that we just have, Nobody gave them to us. Nobody can take them away from us. Because they just are. And they're rights that you have. You have to do something. Something egregious to lose 
other rights or to have some of your rights compromised. You have to do something to earn that upon you. Also in the gun talk and debate, Dick's Sporting Goods came out and said that they will no longer sell AR-15s, a move that they actually did several years ago. They actually stopped selling AR-15s in Dick's Sporting Goods branded stores, but they had a sister store or a parent store. And in fact, I'm getting this from Washington Examiner uh, report by Beckett Adams, posted on February 28th. Um... Quote, for starters, it's been six years since Dick Stores sold AR-15s. The company ended sales shortly after the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre. Field and Stream, on the other hand, has been selling them. That's another off-brand of Dick's. Um, Dick's is the parent company. Um, that ends today. The Field and Stream stores aren't going to be selling the AR-15s either. Um, they are also raising their minimum a, the, the, the minimum age for purchasing a firearm to 21. Now that's Dick's Sporting Goods and Field and Stream and that is what we call the market doing its thing. See, the government didn't coerce Dick's Sporting Goods to not sell AR-15s anymore. The government didn't do it for Walmart. The, 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 the government didn't do it for any store that's going to decide to raise the age or restrict what kind of firearms they're going to carry. That's the free market saying, eh. And you know what? Honestly speaking, could it be a publicity stunt from Dix? Eh, sure. I mean, Dick's owner and CEO, at least according to this Washington Examiner post, um, Edward Stack is a gun owner himself. And he had said that, it turns out the, the kid that carried out the Parkland shooting at Stony Man Douglas High purchased a firearm at a Dick's Sporting Goods location. However, it wasn't the gun that he used in the tragedy. Stack is saying in his mind that it could have been, though, and that makes him feel a certain way, so he doesn't want to sell those firearms. And that is, you know what, it could be, it literally could be a personal decision of Dick's CEO saying... I don't want to lay my bed. I don't want to lay in my bed at, at the end of the night thinking that one of my stores could have sold this weapon to somebody who carried out such an act because maybe he would have felt that he enabled that person. And that is what it is. Could have been a publicity stunt to appeal to people. I don't know how Dick Sporting Goods is going to appeal to a broader audience simply by saying they're not going to sell AR-15s because if you're not an outdoorsy, sporty type of person, you're not going to Dick Sporting Goods anyway. Same thing with Cabela's. People are calling on Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop. Like Alyssa Milano is is leading the pack of the uh, the social justice warrior type to say that these companies need to stop selling assault weapons of war. And n none of the weapons that they're selling are weapons of, of, of war. Well, I mean, you could argue that any firearm is a weapon of war anyway. What is the point of a firearm anyway? What is the point of a gun? The, the, the gun shoots bullets. You shoot bullets to stop people um, and or kill them. That is, that's the main purpose of a gun. And that part of the respect that you need to have as a gun owner is to realize the power that is in the firearm that you are purchasing. The fact that it is a weapon. It's a weapon. All right, we don't need to conflate things by calling them assault weapons, okay? I mean, and, and nobody's buying an AR-15 
or a long barrel rifle for for home defense. But again, that's an example of of private industry making a choice. And Dix has an absolute right to do it. Anybody that's up in arms over, oh, I can't believe Dix is caving, and I'm not going to shop at Dix now. I mean, whatever. Whatever. I don't think AR-15 sales was a big selling point of Dix anyway. They probably looked at it and said, ah, do we even really sell a lot of these anyway? Let's just let's just not. That's fine. It's whatever. All right? A lot of people that I know go to their local small-town firearms shop, and they shop there. They don't go to big chains. But people calling on Cabela's, calling on Bass Pro, like, if if if, the, if you don't even shop there, what, what's, what is your business telling another business what they can or cannot sell in terms of what's legal, because right now, right now, whether you like it or not, right now, it's legal. Do we need to work on certain things regarding the law? Maybe, but right now it's legal. If you want to do the boycott thing, by all means, go ahead. I don't think you were shopping at Cabela's anyway. I don't think you were shopping at Bass Pro anyway. Which, by the way, Cabela's and Bass Pro, it's all Bass Pro, Cabela's soul. Their shit to Bass Pro. That happened. It it, it, literally, it literally is what it is. I mean, you can say that there's people, and some of them have been the Parkland students, going out and saying, you got to go after FedEx because they're big Republic, the CEO is a big Republican donor. And um, so we're not going to use FedEx anymore. And we're going to go after Amazon because they carry NRA TV. And we're going to do it against uh, Apple TV too. Whatever. It... it, it you can try the boycott route, route all you want. You also have this false notion that everybody is on board with you. That everybody 100% fully agrees with you. And it's not true. Like, why are you boycotting Apple for carrying NRA TV? It's an app. It is a streaming service that NRA people who want to subscribe to NRA TV get. And at the end of the day, the NRA is full of... Whether you again, whether you like it or not, people who haven't committed crime. So boycott all you want, but let's talk about like, can we can we talk about the back to the due process thing? Can we, can we all agree that due process? We probably shouldn't be so flimsy and flimsy with due process. Like Donald Trump says something like that, I don't. You could be the most diehard MAGA person ever. That should have hurt you. That should have hurt you, and it should have pissed you off. And if it didn't, maybe you need to sit back and think about it a little bit harder. Guys, that's going to be it for me. And I'm hoping that next week, when next week rolls along, maybe I can talk about something other than guns. Other than guns and other than how due process should main, be maintained as an intact right. I mean, I mean, come on. So remember, you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at... F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S on Facebook.com slash the FritzCast and FritzCast.wordpress.com for the blog. As always, if you want to get in contact with me directly, it's FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com Guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we can have better discussions in the future. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Friday.